to Down City Cash Chicago. The first day of spring is this weekend, my friends. But, you know, before we lean into these 60 and maybe even 70 degree days, fingers crossed, Let's look back on another week in Chicago. To help me, I've got Atavia Reed, who covers Inglewood, Chatham, and Gresham for Block Club, and author and playwright from WBEZ, Natalie Moore. It's Friday, March 18th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. Y'all, thank y'all for joining us on CityCast Chicago. Glad, glad to be back. Thank you for having us. <laughs> uh, it, it is a, a, a huge pleasure of mine. Um, you know, I, I just mentioned spring, which means, you know, I ain't going to get too far ahead of myself because we ain't even got there yet. That means summer going to come around. And there's been a lot of announcements recently of festivals around the city. And Chicago is known for, for having plenty of them, right? You got comedy and improv festivals. You got barbecue and blues. You got literary. You got music festivals. I wanted to, to ask y'all, is there a lineup or a festival that you're looking forward to as we get into to spring and into summer? Natalie, I'm going to start with you. Is there a festival that, that you're really interested in? I'm on the committee for the Printer's Row Lit Fest, <laughs> so okay. I'm going to plug that. Um, there's some things that are in the works, but can't announce them quite yet, but hopefully. You're going to tease us with the plug, but not give us <laughs> give us the juice. All right. uh, some of the juice we're still working on, some we do know, but Printer's Row Lit Fest used to be in June and then it got moved because of the pandemic to September. And I actually liked it in September last year. Fall is a really, people sleep on fall, Chicago. <laughs> Summertime really do. <laughs> is dope, but fall, we have great weather. And that's really when the, the arts scene comes alive. Uh, but I, I'm also looking forward to the Hyde Park festival which will be mm-hmm. on the midway in june and they've got some they've got a pretty good musical lineup this time and uh dj jazzy jeff will be there so i know my mm-hmm. sister's coming home from dc for that so that that'll be a good time yeah lupe gonna be out there buster rhymes gonna be out there oh i didn't uh, know about buster they, they keep adding names i can't yeah, keep they up keep, <laughs> they, they keep adding folks um so i, I know i'm gonna be out there too and i believe the uh, summer festival is happening uh, June 11th and June 12th. Uh, we, we'll drop some of that in the show notes for you. Atavia, is there a festival that you're looking forward to? So I have two actually. Um, Go ahead. I feel like I'm being spoiled this summer. Like I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm seeing all the people coming to the city. I'm pumped. So um, one is Riot Fest. Like they haven't announced everyone mm-hmm. yet. But growing up, I was most definitely the kid listening to like My Chemical Romance. <laughs> I had an emo phase. That was most definitely me. Um, they were like my first show. So I'm actually really excited to see them. Um, and then Pitchfork. I am so pumped. Like, I think Sunday might be the day that I go just because, I mean, no name is going to be there. The uh-huh. roots are going to be there. I'm a big fan of Bad, Bad, Not Good. Like, I just feel like that's that's going to be the day. I might get like three days also because I like Japanese breakfast, <laughs> but I'm, I'm so I'm Oh, so man, you excited. got a whole lineup you're looking forward to. Uh, Riot <laughs> yeah. Fest is going to be September 16th and se- September 17th. Again, My Chemical Romance, the original Misfits. Um, so people still to be announced. Pitchfork, Pitchfork Festival is going to be July 15th, July 17th at Union Park. My festival choice is coming a little bit earlier. And then it's a neighborhood uh, I live very far from. And this Waldo's Forever Fest is coming to Andersonville <laughs> uh, in April. And it's a weed festival. 
fr- oh, from I was what thinking, they where's Waldo is coming to life is <laughs> <laughs> April 23rd 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, I mean they say you can't smoke there but I'm gonna pull up I'm gonna be good and ready for the festival I'm gonna be looking at all of the participating dispensaries the restaurants that are there showing off um, their sort of 420 themed events but you know I'm, I'm a huge 420 advocate I think Chicago needs to do a better job of making we more equitable more accessible to folks getting into the market um, but, but I definitely think I'm gonna have to stop by Let's jump into looking back on the week in Chicago. Uh, Natalie, I'm going to start with you. Uh, What was a a huge story kind of driving your energy this week? I'm going to be completely self-serving and talk about my new book. My book launch (laughs) was on Monday and Jacoby is displaying two copies that he has. (laughs) So it is, uh, it's a book called The Billboard. It's a play about abortion. It's published by Haymarket. And the play will be staged by 16th Street Theater, uh, which is in Berwyn. But it's going to be performed at Northwestern's new downtown Wirtz Theater at 710 North Lakeshore Drive. And those dates are... June 23rd through July 17th. So um, I'm just happy that this is out in the world. Billboard is set in a city council race. It deals with urban transformation. So it's not a, uh, you know, the tagline is this is more than just a pro-life, pro-choice story. It's very specific to Chicago as well. You and the director had a a wonderful conversation, uh, you and Teron Patton, earlier this week. Um, One of the questions that was asked and and I wanted to ask you was um, not only why you chose uh, to set it in Inglewood, but did you did you have a sense of when you were writing this play, when you were choosing its setting, sort of the place we would be in in our country talking about women's access to abortion, which is at all times under assault in different parts of the country? To answer the second part of your question, when I started writing this in 2018, I had no idea that Roe v. Wade was about to be overturned. I mean, I knew that states were doing some restrictions. I knew that you know there's there's a movement um, that's always been going on with anti-abortion um, proponents, but I did not think that we would be where we are politically today. And, and I've been asked why Inglewood and it just felt like the right place to do it because the subtext, I mean, I, I, I suppose there are a number of Black Southside neighborhoods I could have chosen. But I do feel like Inglewood gets a lot of attention for being contested space. So like when something good happens, someone's like, well, that's not for us. The person running for city council who puts up this anti-abortion billboard is trying to link... <laughs> population loss in Inglewood to black women having abortions. And of course, that's not true. Right. There is no connection. But yeah, I, I, I needed a place where someone could try to throw out half-baked ideas because there is so much, so much disinvestment that people might perk their ears up, you know, it, fictitiously, you know, in the play and think, oh, well, he has a he has a point. Man, it was such a pleasure to see uh, one of the people doing the reading was, was Renee Lockett, uh, who some people might know as Dorothy Brown from Southside. Uh, so when, yeah. she, when she came on this <laughs> screen, it was such a I, I it was a different role, obviously, but I 
It was so my, exciting. I immediately to have her. started laughing. <laughs> I immediately started laughing about every gem she dropped in the show. Atavia, I know you have an interview with Natalie coming up, and so you got your own line of questions that you're going to ask. But are you excited to to not only uh, you know uh, talk with her, but but to see the play ultimately? I'm so excited. I'm like, Jacoby, stop tapping on my questions. Like, I'm looking at the doc right now. Like, stop doing this to me. I'm I'm so excited. I mean, having the place set in Inglewood, too, is just, I mean, I, I feel like it's brilliant. Like, you don't really see um, media or just, like, shows or plays or anything really focused on the community other than, you know, like, Southside, like you mentioned. So I think just seeing that, you know, art can come from and be based in this community that people normally would never look at unless it's like, you know, about crime or something devastating is really amazing to me. And I think it'll inspire a lot of people too, to be like, I can write my own story or something that's coming from my mind based on this community I live in. It does not matter where I am. We will drop links uh, to where you can grab the billboard, a play about abortion in our show notes. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Uh, Atavia, what was a story that really uh, caught your attention this week? And you want to share with the people? Yeah. So, I mean, I covered it, but so many other people covered it, too. Speaking of Inglewood, but the opening of the Go Green Community Fresh Market, like I was there. I, I saw when it was they were still doing construction when there was nothing there, but they had this vision for what the store could be. And then seeing the shelves stocked, seeing people walking around with their carts and grabbing everything, pastries lining the shelves. You know, you got fresh coffee beans you can grab there. It was just this really amazing experience to see. And, um, you know, when I went to this event, they were saying that this is like 25 years in the making, like they've been trying so hard to bring this opportunity to bring this store to the community, um, you know, that doesn't have bulletproof glass and that offers healthy options and allows people to, to shop in this cool, fun, vibrant environment where the walls are green and there's art everywhere. Atavia, when you talk to some of the residents who are going in there, you know, when we talk about grocery stores in Inglewood, so much attention was placed on the Whole Foods and the conversation that took place when that was being developed and when that was being brought to the community and and the say people felt that they did or did not have. When you talk to people uh, as they were coming into the store, how do residents feel about uh, Go Green in the community? They felt really excited. I spoke with, uh, she, she's a resident in the community and she also helped like the, the store come to be because she used to meet with everyone there. And her name was, um, Imani Muhammad and she has her bean pies on the shelves there too. So not only is she living in the community, she can shop here, but she can see her own product there. They just seem pretty excited to see this here and to, you know, show other people like we can have this very nice store here. Like, I don't, I don't know what you've heard about the community, but we needed this. We deserve this. We have it. Now bring more to us. Yeah. So, you know, about a decade ago, um, the Inner City Muslim Action Network started its corner store campaign called Muslim Run, where they were surveying store owners, surveying people in the community. And the executive director, Rami Nashashibi, ultimately just trying to push these immigrant store owners, he calls them, you know, the minority middlemen, to do better. And I remember um, going to a store with Rami about 10 years ago and the store owner saying, well, no one will buy healthy food. And then Rami got some grant money to stock produce, which is sad. You have to get grant money to stock fresh produce. And the store owner, I went back and he was like, oh, yeah, people are buying apples. Well, of course they are. You're giving them another option. So, um, you know, watching them evolve and build community and 
you know, they, this, they're happy that Whole Foods is there. This is an addition. And the more you can have in Inglewood, the better and the partnerships. And the, the heart of the urban ag movement in Chicago really is in Inglewood. Tavia, I'm, I'm going to stay with you here. What's a story that deserves some more light in a city as big as ours with as many people and as many stories to cover? Uh, not everyone gets as much shine. What's one you want to drop some attention on this week? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's like you said, there was so much that happened this week. I feel like the week has been weakening. Um, <laughs> you spoke about music festivals when we first you know, started talking. And I noticed the cancellation of the Versa Music Fest, which was supposed to be like this woman-led, woman-powered festival. Um, and I was really excited for mm-hmm. it. And for it to be canceled during you know, Women's History Month, I'm just like, <laughs> what's going on? Um, and I saw that you know, a lot of publications are covering the cancellation of it, but um, organizers of the fest aren't really speaking on you know, why it was canceled yeah. just yet. But I'm really curious why, you know, this opportunity to bring a well-known artists, you know, well-known comedians, but also maybe some artists that a lot of people didn't know, but that they could shine light on, especially, you know, women of color who were performers too, why, you know, this opportunity was kind of canceled in the city or who led to the cancellation of it. Um, so I would, you know, love to see someone dig deeper on that and what happened there. It could be a simple answer, you know, schedules didn't work, but I'm so interested in what happened there. Yeah, it was such a huge announcement a couple of, about two weeks ago. Uh, it was supposed to be in Lincoln Park on June 11th, June 12th, with names like uh, Jamila Woods, Young Ma, uh, Big Frida was going to be there. Uh, there were going to be comedians, Alana Glazer, Gail Simmons from Top Chef. Um, like, it, it was supposed to be a, a fire lineup. And like you said, all we got was unforeseen circumstances you wonder you know why they wouldn't come out and just say this is our reason let us just be upfront let's be transparent schedules didn't work the we couldn't get the right permits you know we just saw goose island last weekend trying to put on the 312 festival in the city stepping in to shut that down and so it's not you know out of you know it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that the festival would not go on but like two weeks after this huge announcement for us to just get unforeseen circumstances i imagine that somebody is digging right now natalie what was the story that you wanted to shine some more light on this week i don't know if it's underreported i think i just want more from it mm-hmm. the people who have thrown their names in the ring to be the 11th ward alder yeah is that list is getting long <laughs> 27 people can you kind of give the listeners a, a quick like recap how, how do we get here to a point where um we, we got to get a, a new alder person for the 11th ward 11th Ward, which includes much of Bridgeport, was represented by Patrick Daly-Thompson, and he was just convicted of um, bank scamming. It's more technical than that. I'm being a little too <laughs> too broad, but it had to do with, 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 uh, with his bank account. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he can't be in office anymore. <laughs> He goes down a long list of alders who have been um, off to prison or off to jail. <laughs> <laughs> and so the the mayor put together a task force. And I know that there's going to be strong desire to get some Asian 
or Latino representation. The demographics of that area has changed greatly. Now, in Patrick Daly Thompson, the middle name Daly is because his mother was a Daly. So he is the grandson of Richard J and nephew of Richard M. So this is a a big deal. You know, 11th Ward, Southside, white ethnic is very likely going to get a non-white alder. Yeah. you Again, parts of Chinatown, uh, McKinley Park, Bridgeport, and then with the war remapping, I think both uh, maps that are being proposed from the city rules committee and from the the latino caucus um both of those are making the 11th ward a majority um asian american ward i I believe in their proposals and so the person who gets the the seat now and then uh, who then has to run for re-election um might be looking at a, a a different ward between now and then and so this selection must take that into account i mean it's such a long list I, you know, I, I'm not asking you to say, you know, uh, who you want to see to run that war. But was, did any name on the list stand out to you? So I do not recognize any of the names of the folks who have submitted their applications. I have gotten some uh, press releases from people who are trying to get coverage, uh, but I don't know any of these names, which, you know, that that could mean a couple of different things. One it could be good that there may be a lot of regular people. Like I don't see any, um, you know, perennial candidates on this list. Uh, the the names that I do recognize are the ones who are on the selection committee, and Grace Chan McKibben, who is executive director of the Coalition for a Better Chinese Community, is a well respected civic leader. Yeah, we sat down with Grace. Well, I, well, the other committee members are. Um, a man named Salvador Cicero, who has a law firm, and Jamie Trecker, who is a producer and co-host with Lumpen Radio, which has a big presence, artistic presence in Bridgeport. So the other um, member is Alder Michelle Harris, who represents the 8th Ward. She's uh, the chairwoman of the Committee on uh, Committees and Rules. Mm-hmm. So those folks will review the applications, interview candidates, and make a recommendation of final slates. And then that final candidate will be selected by the mayor. Um, and she says she's hoping to do it on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, they they want to do this, uh, you know, pretty, pretty fast. Do you, do you think the likelihood is that we pick some they pick someone who has a good chance of uh, being reelected? I think it really depends on what the mayor does. Does the mayor listen to what the committee says or does the mayor say, "Okay, thank you for your service, but I know who I want. I think that that is. That's a big factor, and especially if um, the mayor didn't pick someone from that list. And what does that show to the community about the process? And then that person would have an uphill battle, I think, in trying to build consensus. Every single week, every single show for the last year, because we are now celebrating one year of CityCast Chicago, uh, regardless of what we cover, we try to end every show by giving the people some good news to get them through the day 
to get them through the weekend at whatever point they're listening to us. Uh, and so that's what we want to do. Uh, Tavia, do you got some good news for the people to send them into the weekend? Yeah. So <laughs> it's actually something that happened to me. And I hope that everyone who listens can feel a little blessed and a little, a little happy too. <laughs> so I have a, a newsletter that goes out every Tuesday um, where I like shed light on the stories I'm covering, but I always try to like touch on the art that I'm seeing around me or just something that's making me happy. Um, but I love to bump music. It's the first thing I do when I wake up. Like I put a song on, I raise up the windows. I ask some people in the community, like, you know, send me some music that you're listening to. Send me some things that make you you know, feel great. And I had someone reach out to me. Her name was Julia Butler. And she sent me a playlist of songs that like remind her of summertime, shy, spring and like spring weather, just everything. Um, and I mean, she she has some bops on this playlist. I mean, she got Golden by Jill Scott. She got Walk On By by Isaac Hayes, um, As by Stevie Wonder, which hey, we know on, is- plug us, man. Plug <laughs> us. Drop, drop, drop that link, dude. Come on. <laughs> You know, she said that it, um, she also listens to Take Me to the King uh, by Tamala Mann and how that reminds her of uh, Inglewood. Take me to the king. I don't have much to bring. My heart is torn in peace. And how it just kind of reminds her of this wonderful time where. It felt like everyone was happy and she believed everyone was healed, you know, just for that summer alone. Truth is I'm tired, options are few, I'm trying to pray. And I was like, wow, like that, <laughs> that, that made me, that made me feel really good. Um, just to hear like this moment of, of peace from someone. So I hope, you know. That, that touches everyone that you go bop ass by Stevie Wonder because it will make you happy if you're not feeling great right now. <laughs> oh, come on. We're trying to get access. We've been, man, this is such a beautiful uh, musical episode. Um, you know, get some good music in your life. Let us know what you're listening to, what's making you feel better as you move through the city. Uh, Natalie, uh, before I get to your moment of joy, what you listening to right now? What, what's the song or, or uh, album you got playing a lot right now? The Encanto soundtrack, because I live with a five-year-old. Come on. And every day, Alexa, play all the songs from the Encanto soundtrack. So that's what's in my head. Bruno. I feel like seven-foot frame with rats on his back. back. When he calls your name, it all fades to black. Oh, my God. And then I was singing it for three weeks on the show. We got so many clips of me just singing it. Uh, Natalie, what's your some good news to get the people through the weekend? Willie Wilson giving away free gas. (laughs) 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 And I I heard that he's going to do it again. Uh, He's got traffic jams. I wouldn't even. Well, I mean, I. I, I don't feel ethically like I could get free gas from <laughs> Willie Wilson, even if I wanted to. Um, exactly. But yeah, folks, I heard it's just a log jam. But you know, two hundred thousand dollars worth of gas. Gee, when they an- when they announced it earlier this week, and I saw the list of gas stations, I'm just like, bro, you finna have a hood shut down. People really finna be out there because again, two hundred thousand dollars. If everybody takes the full fifty dollars, that's about four thousand people. My mom lives on 89th and Kirgir, the gas station on 91st and Stony Island was one of the gas stations on the list. My mom 
every morning, comes out her garage, drives down Stony Island to get onto the highway. That thing was from 91st on to the highway past 95th Street, backing things up on the Bishop Ford at like 103rd, a long line from about 5 a.m. Um, around 8.30 when she left the house, still packed. Police escorts, like the entire like hood shut down for this long ass line of a Willie Wilson gas. And if anybody's not familiar with the story, uh, Willie Wilson is a, is a businessman in Chicago. Uh, he has run for mayor. He's run for Senate. He's run for president. Uh, he's, you know, you can kind of look into his views, his background, his history. One of the things he, he is known for is during the pandemic, he'd like, I'm going to drop 300,000 on like mass or, you know, I'm going to pay people's rent. I'm going to show up and be passing out $200. How you feel about it? You know, is he trying to buy people over? Or do you think it's really out the genuineness of his heart? You know, it's really up to each person to make that. But it's, it's it is without fail. He is about as consistent with this as the State Street preacher is with telling you you're going to hell. Uh, my good news, and we've been talking about it for uh, weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, but I got to tap the well again. It's really been a year of 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 being on this uh, podcast. can't tell you enough how much of a joy it is to make this show uh every uh single day which is which is pretty wild but when i was a kid and people asked me what i wanted to do in my life i didn't always have a great answer but i told them um i want to make my city proud and i want to make my mom proud and um city cash chicago has given me a, a beautiful opportunity to do both of those things every single day uh and so thank y'all for being here uh, for sharing with me. Thank you, Octavia Reed, who covers Inglewood, Chatham, Gresham, and other Southside neighborhoods for Block Club Chicago, author, playwright, and journalist Natalie Moore with WBEZ. Thank y'all for joining the CityCast Chicago to shoot the shit with your boy. <laughs> thank you for having me. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Before I let you go, we talked a lot about music on this show, so I had to ask the team what they listening to right now. Lead producer Carrie Shepard, what's going on in your playlist? I just bought tickets to see Belle and Sebastian at the Riviera, so I've been going back and listening to old Belle and Sebastian albums. Simone, Alisea, what's the song or album you got on repeat? I've been on a mid-aughts kick lately, which for me means a lot of Motion City soundtrack, specifically the song Point of Extinction. Newsletter writer Sydney Madden, put me on. What you listening to? I've been listening to a lot of classic animals lately, pretending that I'm going to their concert tonight. And me, a song that's been in heavy rotation this week is New Vision by Brittany Carter. She's a local Chicago artist, and the song is featuring heavy crowns, Joe Q and B. Lynn. That's definitely one to add. Speaking of music, I got to thank the folks who are responsible for a lot of the music you hear at CityCast Chicago. That's Sam Thousand and Mark Greenberg at the Mayfair Workshop. As always, I appreciate y'all riding with us another week. If you've been here with CityCast Chicago since March 2021, thank you. If you joined us somewhere in the middle or you just now getting hip to the show, I'm really grateful for you stopping by. Uh, I hope that you'll do it again. Uh, we ain't going nowhere, so you'll get real comfortable. I'll talk to you next week. Peace. Today, okay, I'm hitting hangers, hitting hangers.